Amen. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22. We are in a series for a while now called Why I Love Jesus. It's all about falling in love with him over again and discovering maybe some how some good news has been old news, and we're going to make it good news again, and just uh, getting more and more in love with Jesus. And this morning, I want to talk to you about morning mercies. Uh, morning mercies. How many people, show of hands, are morning people? Where are you at? How many crazy people? Morning crazy people. Okay, how many people are not the night owls? Where's the night owls at? Okay, some of y'all are neither. You just sleep all day long. But morning people, uh, in, our, in my family, in my household, my wife is the morning person. I am the night owl. I could stay up to 3 a.m. I'll be fine, and I can sleep to 9.30 in the morning, and I'll be good. Uh, my wife, on the other hand, at 8 o'clock, no matter what we're watching, she's falling asleep. You know, so yeah, I have to wake her up and tell her to go to bed. You know, that's how we are in my house. And I know that when she gets sleepy, I don't play any jokes on her. That's not a good thing in my house. And in the morning, uh, I'm not, I don't wake up peppy. I, I'm sorry, I'm a pastor, but I don't wake up singing glory to God. I'm thinking, let me just get a shower. Don't talk to me. I'm just going to get up and then I'll get into my day, right? Um, what is it, though, about mornings that tend to be, uh, for most people, a time of, hope and opportunity. Let me just give you an example. Think about all the songs you've ever heard about morning. Uh, you two said it was a beautiful day. I think another group had another uh, song with the same thing. You think about uh, Here Comes the Sun, the Beatles. Some of you know the song Walking on Sunshine, right? Think about all the songs that everything was about mornings. Uh, there was even a, a one from the 1940s, I think. You remember the zippity doo dah zippity a, Mr. Bluebell on my shoulder. Some of you guys, I'm giving you a variety here. But they're all about mornings. Every song that talks about sunshine or day or dawn or morning is a positive, upbeat song. Why is that? Why, what is it about a morning that provides opportunity for things to be better? Maybe decisions of your day are going to happen in the morning. Uh, you're going to set out for a journey or an adventure. Each day becomes a new opportunity. It's a good day for good things. Or maybe it's going to be a, a good day that we're going to set our feet and hands to do the will of God. Did you know that God is a morning person? In Second Samuel 23, David on his very deathbed, when he thought about God and who he was, listen to what he told us about God and his nature. He said, he is as the light of the morning when the sun rises. A morning with clouds, a morning without clouds when the tender grass springs up out of the earth through the sunshine after the rain. If you don't know what God's like, he's like the peak of the morning sun after an autumn rain, man, when the grass is just crisp and, and everything is new and the birth. That's what he thinks about, man. When he thinks about the goodness and the glory and the presence of God, he thinks it's just like a new sunshine, sun, sunrise. I got to go uh, dove hunting a little bit. I didn't, I didn't get anything, but I got to go dove hunting Saturday, and I was out there for the sunrise, and, and I thought about that song, The Sun Comes Up, It's a New Day Dawning. We sing that song, and it's just beautiful, right? Right? It, it's except for the 100 degree weather that we're having right now. Uh, those mornings, those sunshines, there's something about hope and opportunity. But the problem is, if you and I were real with our situations and lives today, not every day always feels like a new day. Sometimes it feels like in a season of our life or, or even in our weeks as we go uh, through this life that it's like, man, it's just the same 
It's like Monday after Monday after Monday after Monday. It's like that darkness just keeps on going. It's a heaviness. If you've ever dealt with depression or, or stress or just gone through a heavy moment of trauma in your life, it's just like, man, it is just always there. It's like every day, it's like the sun never comes up. And we can, wake, we can wake up on some days, it seems like clouds persist and rain continues and we don't see the sun. There are days in our lives that feel dark. They have disappointments and death comes into the play. Sometimes we've made bad choices and we live every day with the consequences and the regret. Maybe some of us today have gone through seasons where we lived in darkness for so long we don't even remember what it was like to have light and newness. What was it like to experience true joy or love or contentment or peace or hope? We don't always see what the dark nights are going to bring. But how are you and I, whether, wherever you are today, maybe today you're saying, Pastor, I'm in a good day. And some of us are like, man, it's just been a long night for a long time. In this life, you and I, we just be really honest and take away all the masks and, the, and all the, you know, the hiding things. We all go through nights, and sometimes there's days. The Bible talks about mountains and valleys, and sometimes those seem longer than the other, right? And wherever you are now, rest assured, you're going to go through another one probably soon because that's just the rate of this fallen world. We can be happy one day, sad the next. That's just how we are. That's just how life is. I want to talk to you this morning about how you can go through those long, dark nights still singing for the morning. Uh, we, my, my kids uh, watched this show just this weekend called Rock-A-Doodle. How many older people remember this show about this rooster? He's got a crow for them. Anybody? Nobody? Nobody knows what I'm talking about at all. But anyway, it's this show about this rooster cartoon, and he's got to sing for the sun to come up, and he's, he loses his voice, and he leaves, and he, no, the sun never comes up, and it's all about the darkness. And sometimes that's how life seems. It's like, how can I ever have hope for this to get better or, man, for there to be a, a breakthrough in the clouds and this heaviness? And whether you're there now, you may be there tomorrow. How do you go through the darkest nights still singing for that morning light? I want to talk to you about one thing this morning. If there's anything you remember today, it's this. In Christ, my light, my night ends with day. In Christ, my night ends ends with day. Look in Lamentations chapter 3. If you're there, somebody say amen. Amen. Okay, let me give you the background. In Christ, my night ends with day. Turn to your neighbor and say, daylight's coming. Daylight's coming. Good. All right, in Lamentations chapter 3, let's, give me, let's just talk about this for a second. Jeremiah is this prophet, and he finds himself after uh, Judah, the last kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom, has been exiled into Babylon, to the Babylonians. And he has seen kids murdered in the street. He has seen women and children starving that, that they don't know how to feed their kids anymore, and their mamas are burying babies. He's seen people just getting murdered in the street by the enemy for no reason. He sees all of the temple destroyed. He sees the glory of God's temple, his, his dwelling place, erased from human history. He sees his people deported without an identity, just gone. Every promise we thought was going to be fulfilled by God has just been wiped away because Israel had repeatedly sinned and turned from God. And this is, in this moment, the darkest day 
in Jewish history up until this point. It's the Holocaust of Jeremiah's time. It's, it's that bad. And Jeremiah finds himself in a place of weeping and anguish and agony. Maybe you've lost someone or maybe you've gone through those moments where life has just hit you uh, harder than it ever has before. And this is where he's at. He finds himself at rock bottom. And he's asking himself questions like this. Will God always abandon me? He's saying, is his supply of compassion limited? And have we gone too far that we can't come back? And in this moment, in Lamentations 3.22, it's as if, like, it's all dark and there's this little cloud breaks. You ever see when you're driving on the highway and you see that ray of sunshine just off in a distant field? He's like, that's what I see. It's as if there's a break in the clouds. And he says, there's one thing I dare to hope. I'm one thing I'm hoping for out of all this tears and all of this darkness. He says, look with me, verse 22. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh or new every morning. He says, I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in them. Everybody say hope. And he says, the Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of from the Lord. He gives some action verse. He says, hope in him, depend on him, search in him, wait on him. He says, in the moment of this, I remember one thing, the Hesed love, the faithful covenant love of God. I remember that no matter what I do, God's love is not conditional according to my sin, that I can't ever out sin God's grace, that God is so compassionate. He's so faithful to his word. That it doesn't matter my word. Uh, He's saying that God has made a promise that whoever will seek out of him at any day, in any time, in any matter of darkness, that God is always going to be there with fresh, new mercy. He says, as bad as things are, it's only because of God's mercy that they're not worse. You ever met a person who's the glass half empty kind of a deal. Well, in this moment, Jeremiah has been always glass half empty. But then he starts to have a flip and he starts thinking about the faithful word of God. God's always been faithful. He's never lied. He's never failed anyone. He says, but wait a minute, maybe it's bad right now and the glass is half empty, but maybe it would have been more empty had God not saved us this far. Maybe I would be in worse shape than I am right now had God not stepped in and said, no, that's enough. And he begins to think, no, 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 it's not that it's all gone and all bad. It's that God has only allowed the enemy to attack me thus far. That must mean that he flips. That must mean God has a plan for my life. You see that how that that flip changes things. It's like, oh, no, I'm just thinking about how empty it is and how we've lost it all. But he says, wait a minute. Had God not been my standard, we would have been totally lost. But when I think about the faithful, covenant, loyal love of God, I think, oh, Lord, here comes the dawn. Here comes the sunshine. Great is your faithfulness. And he says it's new every morning. His supply is not conditional. His compassions, like the song says, his compassions fail night. How good is it that every day when you get up, no matter how bad your yesterday was and how much of a wreck and how much of a mistake you made, that God can be freshly new in your life the next day? 
Isn't that a, that's like a blessing. I mean, that's a major blessing. It's like, God, I ruined yesterday. Okay, but thank you, Lord. I get a fresh chance and start today. You know, life in this world doesn't offer you that. If you get labeled something, you'll probably be labeled that, especially in our town, for the rest of your life. They'll always know you as the one who once did such and such, right? Is that not true? How many people dealt with labels in your life? But in God, he says, in this day, every day, he has enough heaven to pour out into my life. It doesn't matter what yesterday did, but today, heaven... I can hope in. He says, the humble can hope. Jeremiah says, I'm going to depend, search, wait on God. I realize God's not dealt with me like I deserve. How many know that's true in your life? God's not really dealt with you like you deserve. You, you and I both know we fully deserve hell. For one sin, we could separate, be separated from God. But he says, I am going to realize I don't deserve any better. Ooh, that's kind of hard to say, isn't it? I have to come to a moment when I get to this place of desperation with God and we come to this place like Jeremiah. The first step is really leaving self-righteousness. God, it should have been this way. God, it never should have happened. God, uh, what happened then? Uh, it was a, it was wrong, Lord. It couldn't have been your will. And and God, I didn't deserve those people to do that to me. And God, it, it should have worked out differently. And Lord, I know that I'm not perfect, but Lord, you got to see how imperfect they are, too. And, and we begin to do all of this. And you have to realize, and that's what Jeremiah is saying, you know what? I deserve worse than this because I have sinned against God. And I could be in hell right now, but for the grace of God, I am at least where I am. It could have been worse, but Jeremiah says, but I now see God has been with me this far. And he says in look in verse 31, he says, for no one is abandoned by the Lord forever, though he brings us through grief He also shows compassion because of the greatness of his unfailing love. You have to know that no matter what you go through, God has a new morning for you. He says, and in fact, and let me just, if you were to write something down, write this down. It's mourning sin, as in grieving, mourning sin equals mourning mercy. I said it earlier in our service, to have revival, you must know you need reviving, you must be dead. To need restoration, knowing that you have to, to get the restoration of God, knows that I've got to be broken and abandoned. And so when Jeremiah gets to this place, he says, I'm going through this glass half empty thing and I'm going to mourn it. But then I'm going to see that after I mourn my sin and I get emptied before God, I know that even if he brings me through bad things, And if I go through bad things, then so be it. Still, great is his faithfulness. You know, that's the kind of grit you have to have to live this Christian life. Because if we go through bad things and then it says, well, God's not true to his word and God's abandoned me. And we are making God out to be a liar. Do you know this? To lose hope in him who all hope is eternal in. To go through bad things does not negate who God is. Jeremiah says, it's when I mourn the sin and I see, man, it's new mercies are in the morning. He says, let me examine my way and I'll return to the Lord. I don't know where you are today or why God would have us do this message this morning. That God is not absent in your trouble. Scripture says God gives, but he also takes away. Say, what about the goodness of God? Well, he gives and he takes away. And who am I, Job said, to question God? 
But what I know is this. Even if you have the darkest night of your life, even if that darkness persists and persists, you can lose your wealth, you can lose your health, you can lose your friends, you can lose your family, you can lose your reputation, you can lose it all. But guess what? For those who hope in Christ, joy always comes in the morning. Isn't that true? Because the faithfulness of God never ceases. Turn to your neighbor and say, darkness is not the end. Darkness is never the end for the believer. Psalms 30 verse 5 says, For his anger is for but a moment, but his favor for a lifetime. Weeping may last for the night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. Somebody say amen. Amen. Daylight's coming. Daylight's coming. You know, there's a time period in the... In history, it's called the Dark Ages. How many people know about the Dark Ages? It's the early part of the Middle Ages. That's a time uh, in human history after Rome fell. There was an absence of inventions, an absence of music, and just all kinds of, there was just a big void in history. Not only that, but you had uh, poor people became serfs to lords. Uh, you had the uh, Mongols and the Vikings and all these people, the Saxons, fighting for power. I mean, it's that, that really... Uh, kind of an, a very dark, dim time, a lot of bloodshed, a lot of bad health care. Uh, uh, think about the bubonic plague that came at the end of the, the Middle Ages. I mean, it was a dark age. And the Bible says the same is true for today. It says that we are living in an age of this present darkness. It says that there is a prince of darkness who rules this age, and he has blinded the minds of unbelieving hearts with darkness so that they won't understand the light, the truth, the goodness of God, that they'll go through this life groping around trying to find truth but never be satisfied, never have it. And in this life, we know we are living in a place of darkness. In fact, there's a promise in Scripture that the unbelieving life will only get darker and darker. Think about all this imagery. In fact, it says, Jesus says, the only hope for those who are not in Christ is that life will go from darkness to darkness. In fact, it'll end with one thing. It'll end in a person being cast out from the light, the presence of God, to a place of what? Outer darkness with weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see this? There is only darkness apart from God. There is only darkness in this world. So why should we be surprised that all that we see all around us is excluded from the life and light of God? You may feel this morning, someone here, I know, no doubt in a a congregation this size is going through dark moments. Maybe you're on the brink of the horizon, you feel God's there. Maybe you just had something happen in your life and you're going through it. Maybe you've just become so numb and you don't, I haven't had joy or excitement or zeal or passion for the Lord or, or hope and just a, a bounce in my step for him. And, and sometime it's just become so numb. We're in a dark age, but God, like Jeremiah said, in his faithful love has sent his only son. You know what Mary said in Luke one? She said, because of this we know this darkness exists, and she says in Luke one seventy eight, because the tender mercy of our God, with which the sunrise from on high will visit us, to shine upon those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. I think I said it last week. 
sometimes when you get so used to living in a place, that place becomes normal, even if it's not a good place. Are you here today and that darkness has become so normal and numb that everything around you seems to be, someone can come up to you and be happy and you're going to bring them down. Someone can be around you and, and it's just like you just take over that, that, that thing. It doesn't no matter, you could get good news. I don't know why I'm saying this. You could get good news and it just seems like that news isn't as good as it could have been. Anybody ever gotten a place like that in your life? We live in an age of darkness, but Jesus is the morning sun. The Bible says that the coming of Jesus was a new day. He came as the dawn of heaven's glory. Scripture says in Malachi 4, he was the son, the son of righteousness. Revelation chapter 22 says he's the bright and morning star. Jesus said in him was the light and the life of men, that he came to give light to those who sat in a dark place in a valley of shadow of death to give rise to your heart. He said he came to reveal the glory of God's truth, that you could have peace with God. He said that he came to rescue you from the dominion of darkness and transfer you to the kingdom of his own self. He said that he was the light of the world and everyone who would believe in him would not remain in darkness. And it was a dark day on a hill that was called Golgotha, the skull or Calvary. And on that very dark day, Humanity killed the Son of God. It was a dark day. But then it was a Sunday morning and new light shone. You see, the story of Christ is your story and my story. And on that day, what happened is in a great period of human darkness where we had been wiped away. I mean, we couldn't see straight if we wanted to, that we were lost in the depravity of sin. And in this room, maybe that's where you are still today. Or maybe as a Christian, you've been overcome and plagued by the things of this world. But because of that dark day, when darkness seemed to be the end, it was just one Sunday morning away from a new day. That's the new day that you and I can live in every single day in Jesus Christ. I don't care how dark it is, church. Listen to me. God is faithful to his word that his mercy in your life can begin anew every single day. So great was the sacrifice on that day that God said, I will always I've always honored my word before, but I'm going to honor my word, my son, Jesus Christ, because of what he's done. I will be faithful. I'll be faithful. For those who humble themselves, depend on me, seek me, I will be found by them. How do you live in that place? When the world gets darker and darker, will your life get brighter and brighter? Maybe today you're dealing with addiction or loss or hurt. Maybe it's shame. Maybe you feel like you're powerless to, con- to change some situation in your life. Listen to me this morning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it says in Genesis 1 that there was evening, then there was morning, day one. Then there was evening and morning, day two. And then there was evening and morning, day three. Do you see where I'm going with this? In the Hebrew calendar... Evening, a day began after supper in the evening when the first three stars would come out in the night sky. That began the day. And the day would go all through the night and morning would come and it would be the daytime. And then the day would end in light time. Listen to me this morning. 
Which would you rather? Would you rather your day begin and end with darkness like we do 12 a.m. to 12 a.m.? Your day begins with darkness and it ends with darkness. Or in God's kingdom, it begins with the evening and it ends with the day. Because in Christ, there is no darkness in him. That in Christ, my night always ends with day. Isn't that good? In Christ, my night always ends with day. Morning for me is not in the middle, and it's not just the beginning. It's the beginning of the end. Ephesians 5.14 says, For this reason, awake, sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And so for you and for me today, darkness is not our end, church. I, I'm just going to say it over and over again until you get it. Darkness is not your end. When you end this life, when you go, not only just seasons in this life, but when you go through something, you have to know that God is faithful to his son, to his word, Jesus Christ. He promises light at the end of darkness. That my life in Christ, hidden in him, that ends always with day. What do you do, though, when darkness seems to be all? You say, Pastor, he, that's great stuff, but, man, it doesn't change how I feel. That's true. I can counsel you all day long. It's not going to change your feeling. I can tell you all the facts of God's love and his goodness all day long. It'll never change your feeling. You know that? Jeremiah said he got to that point where in his life where he had felt so numb to everything around him that he suddenly got to the end of his rope to get desperate for God. And he saw, when he began to think about the word, God's faithfulness, he saw a ray of light come down. And that's that God is always true to what his word says and does. And that word is Jesus Christ. And when Jesus comes into your life, it's a new day dawning. David, in a, in a moment in his life, and I'll close with this, David, in a moment in his life, Psalms 57, he found himself in a cave of darkness. He thought everything was going to go well for him in life. He was an up-and-coming general. Man, he had all kinds of victories under his belt. God had been for him. God spoke things over his life. Man, he had that prophetic word from that evangelist, that one revival. And, man, he had a new girlfriend, and everything was going great. Just got that house and that car, and, and the job was getting promotion after promotion. Everything to be going right. And then one day his boss tries to kill him, literally. And he runs. He flees. And that boss, Saul, King Saul, began to persecute him and trash his reputation and trash his name and split him up from his wife and, and per- push him out of even the kingdom of God. He finds himself in a cave one night, surrounded. He said it's like the enemy was surrounding him like a pack of wolves, just howling. It's like at nighttime, all he could hear was the siren of the enemy's howl. It got so bad that it was just desperation. There just fear set in that it just uh, uh, the darkness just surrounded him. And in that moment, in a pit, in a cave with no friends and no money and no reputation and no hope for tomorrow, he says something profound in Psalms 57, verse 7, much like Jeremiah. He said this, my heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing. Yes, I'll sing praises. Awake my glory. Awake my harp and lyre. Here's what I want you to know. He says, I will awaken 
the dawn. One of the best weapons you have against the enemy is to show him he's a liar with worship. You say, no, 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 no. You see, the darkness of this night is not determined on my situation. It's not determined on my enemy. It's determined on the faithfulness of God to his word. And David determines in himself, you know what? I don't care if it's uh, darkness is surrounding me. It's encapsulating me. I can only hear the sirens of the enemy in this world and its fallen system and all the crumbling things around me. It says, I know because God is faithful. His love never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. God is not a liar. I don't care what I see around me, devil, in Christ, light is not my end, daylight is coming. And he says, I, in my singing, will awaken the dawn. In this life, you're going to go through seasons of darkness, of tribulation. Jesus promises it. But he says, there's coming a day that because you have faith in him, that you should, you, in this day, you can be able to sing, Paul said in Ephesians, excuse me, he said, your Christian life, it should be filled with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody with your heart to God, always giving thanks for the things that God has done in the name of Jesus. And you say, Paul, don't you understand we're, we're persecuted? Yeah, but he said, but you're not abandoned. He said, but you say, Paul, we're, we're struck down. But Paul said, no, 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 but you're not destroyed. You understand that because of Jesus Christ, your night always ends with day. He says, in the middle of the darkest nights, there's joy on the horizon. I don't care how bad they take. I don't care how much reputation they take away from us, what they call us crazy Christian fanatics. If they take our rights, our tax breaks, they can persecute us, put prayer out of school. Guess what? This is just a little tidbit of night because our day is coming. In the middle of a storm of life, you can think about this moment because there, even though the darkness is prevailing now, because we have faith in the faithfulness of God through Christ, we can sing until morning comes. There is coming a day when the day star, when the bright and morning star is going to show up and shine out. On that day, when morning comes, Revelation says there'll be no longer any night They'll not have need of a light nor the lamp of the sun because the Lord God will illuminate them and they'll reign forever and ever. In Christ, your outlook is sure. Your future is secure. Darkness is not your end because in Christ, my night ends with day. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Worship team, would you come? In Christ, my night ends with with day. Great is your faithfulness, O God. Your mercy is new every morning. That's possible because Jesus Christ, through his blood sacrifice, has poured out in our hearts the Holy Spirit. And every day I can touch heaven because of the Holy Spirit who can live in me. Every day, I can get a new sense of God. Every day, I can get a new revelation of His goodness, of His mercy, because the Holy Spirit is alive in our hearts. 
That's how that works. How is it possible, Pastor Heath, that in the middle of darkness that you can still sing until the morning comes? It's because God is faithful to His Son, Jesus Christ, and His sacrifice on an old rugged cross. And because He's poured out His Holy Spirit today, you can sing until the morning comes. You can have joy in the middle of the night. You can look forward to something in your life because God is good. Every day is a good day in Jesus. Some of you need to probably write that on a mirror, write it on a a note somewhere that today is a good day because of Jesus. Today is not the end. Man, there's all things are going to come to those who wait. Every good thing from God is promised to you. That glass is not half full or half empty. Morning's coming. Morning's coming. Church, we've got to get ready. We've got to get ready. There's going to be a moment where Jesus is going to part that eastern sky. The sun is going to shine like it's never shone before. It's going to be a new day dawning. I want to live in the light. I want to live in the light. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Heath, my life is not categorized that way. My life is just, I feel like, David, I'm in a cave. I'm captive to sin or I'm captive to these thoughts. I'm captive to fear. It's lonely. It's dark. And I need to be singing for the morning. Awake the dawn. Today, you've got to stir up faith in your heart that God is good to his word. Jesus Christ. You can sing all night long. Church, we should be singing all night long because morning's coming. Morning's coming. You're here today and you say, Pastor Heath, would you pray for me that, man, there's just been a lot of darkness going around me and I just want to say, God, shine your light brightly in my life and in my situation, whatever it's going to I'm not going to get more specific than that. You know that God's talking to you. You say, that's me, Pastor. Would you pray for me as we close out the service today? That that's me, God, that you just shine brightly in my life, that whatever is going on right now, God, I just give it to you. Amen. See those hands. Anybody else? Say, that's me. Amen. 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 Anybody else? Say, Pastor Heath.